Hey everybody, and welcome to the next episode of It's Bananas with Jeremy Fisher. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys like the video, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel for more comedians coming out. And if you guys are a comedian and you want to be on the next episode, feel free to drop a comment below or message me on Instagram at It's Jeremy Fisher. Guys, on this week, we have a very exciting guest, Velvet Wells. Velvet, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, I am a comedian based here in Toronto. I uh, I pride myself in being uh, queer, black, and fat. Uh, <laughs> all of those are, uh, you know, it's nice to have those as proud labels as opposed to things, you know, in the past. Yeah, shaming people, kind people, of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the TV was all centered around bashing one of those things, and mm-hmm. now I just... You know what, yeah, I'm, I'm just going lift... to proudly support all of them at the same time. <laughs> exactly. I, 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 It's basically now my superpower. Right? Nice. <laughs> Uh, I am a, I'm a musical improv comedian primarily. I do stand up, I do some sketch, I do all of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But my love and my passion is truly just freestyle lyricist. You know? Yeah, that's amazing. I remember there was only one time that I've ever tried to like freestyle sing, and that was when I was at Second City. And um, so like it was at the end of my improv, uh, it was one of those bucket shows where you like go in, but I didn't, I had no idea that it was like a musical improv. So my friends like encouraged me to go and then I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? What is this? And then it was like complete disaster because they like, they had like this whole bunch of like things that they give you for it. So it's like, oh, I need you to sing about like the, like you're working for a company called the uh, the third city. Uh, like during like uh, World War Two or whatever, and you had to like bring up like a whole like I would think it was Mike Tyson or something. But you right. had to everybody that was singing, you had to sing like the next letter of the alphabet. So whoever oh, started, so, yeah, so whoever. So my favorite like, game in the whole world. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's crazy. I'm like, oh. after once I like I kept messing up first, but then once I got the hint of like, okay, this is what I have to do because I'm like, there's so yeah. many things to think about when you're trying to like do that kind of improv too, and you're also singing as well. Yeah, I uh, I actually find that music makes all of the improv much easier for me. Yeah, uh, you know there are so many forms and ways that you can improvise, but music if you if you understand the rhythm of it and the you know the musicality of it, that is the form. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about developing the form as well as the content on the inside. Yeah. So you can just focus on the content and alphabet games. I used to uh, I used to do it backward and uh, backward and forward. Uh, and while other people were still going, uh, what comes after A? Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so for me, it was, I, I, on, I love those Come 26 letters you have to know. And have to yeah, know that's right. Sequential order. <laughs> now, if you, if you ask me to do it in another language, I'm screwed. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> in English, I got it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, man. So how long have you been doing uh, stand-up and, uh, and your other kind of shows that you're doing? Uh, stand-up is the newest form that I that I've added to my toolkit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've only been doing that for a couple of years, and uh, and primarily in the in the queer comedy circuit here in Toronto. Yeah. But uh, I, I've been doing musical improv for a long time. Uh, yeah. yeah, a long time. I, I actually uh, I took a break from doing any kind of performing uh, while I was raising my kids, and just there was a. Uh, there was some politics happening that I didn't want to get into or be part of, so I mm-hmm. left. But when I came back, I decided that musical improv was going to be my main way of enjoying being on stage. Mm-hmm. So I did I did that for uh, a number of years, 
And then I started uh, my own troupe called The Dandies, and we do fandom improv. So while there is music in that, the format or the form that holds us in place is whatever fandom we're doing. In this case, uh, Star Trek has been our longest fandom. We have Holodeck Follies, and we've been doing that for about eight years. And uh, we do do a monthly show, but also we go to the conventions here in town and uh, across Ontario. That's awesome. And you do this with Al Val, right? Uh, no. Oh, so, okay. so the thing with Al Val, that's yeah. also in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, that, that is improvised rock and roll. Okay. Uh, so th- that is just Al Val and myself just going for it. And, yeah. uh, and he and I met because we were individually on a uh, on a backyard show mm-hmm. uh, called uh, Small Deck, and uh, and I, I saw that he had a guitar and said, "Would you join me? Would you back me up on this? I'm going to just make something up." And he's like, "What do you want me to play?" I'm like, "Literally anything," <laughs> and uh, and it was a hit, and we both vibed so hard with it. That's so we awesome. said, "Hey, you want to do this again? Let's keep doing this." Yeah, and. Uh, for I would say over the time that we've been doing this, we'd do a show a month or so. And, and for me, it was really important not to put any pressure on the direction of it. I didn't need us to be doing Massey Hall by the end of the year. And like I wanted us to both enjoy what we were doing. Yeah. And uh, and so now it's been a couple of years, and uh, and we now have an album out. That's amazing. And and, and it it really was just a matter of. Uh, it, it all came naturally. Like these were the songs that we both loved performing, mm-hmm. uh, and the and od- obviously the audience enjoyed what we were doing as well. Yeah. But so it wasn't that we were going, okay, we need a we need a this kind of song, we need a this kind of topic. It was it all just came together in the moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Just like a nice improv kind of piece, and you're like, you know what? Let's just wing it and have fun with it. And you guys yeah. did it. Like, where can people find this? Uh, overdue, the Overdue album is on Bandcamp, so it's Overdue period Bandcamp, uh, Bandcamp period com, mm-hmm. and uh, and the album name is Hell to Pay. Hell to Pay, nice. I'll yeah. definitely throw that in the description so that people can uh, can check that out. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you work. Uh, do you have any shows that are coming up that people can also uh, uh, check out? Any <laughs> any Zoom shows? Or any, uh, I, I have lots of shows, yeah. Jeremy. Uh, in, in the before times, before we were all sequestered <laughs> like this, yeah. uh, there was a point where I had a show every day of the week, every week of the month, mm-hmm. and, and I pulled it back because I wanted to have more quality than quantity, mm-hmm. but I sure have been missing being out there doing that grind. Yeah. So this week coming up uh, that we're, we're coming into is kind of, it's hearkening back to those old days, and I have a show almost every day of, the, of this week. Uh, I have Nooner Crooner, which is a solo musical improv show that I do on Facebook, uh, on my Velvet Duke page, and it's just me with some backing tracks, and I go for an hour with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Nooner because it happens at noon, uh, Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, so that's one that is consistently happening every week. Awesome. Uh, also, uh, another consistent one is with Overdude. We do a Thursday night show. We uh, we get together and we jam for on Zoom. Uh, we were doing that one to Facebook Live too, but mm-hmm. there there is such a delay between what is being broadcast and what Facebook sees, and then the chats, and it was just. We oh, want it's it, hectic. <laughs> it, well, yeah, and really the whole point of it is we're just jamming and we're just yeah. hanging out with whoever joins us, and you know, and they give us suggestions and, and we go with it. So that that's another consistently every week show that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this in this uh, particular week, I have uh, I have one 
Monday night tonight uh, called Cyber Sets. That's with Glad TV on Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, and this month it is Pride and yeah. uh, and you know and Black Pride because mm-hmm. uh, not only Black Lives Matter but Black trans and yeah. uh, lesbians and gays we were there at the at the forefront of Pride. So uh, awesome. a lot of producers are being mindful of that, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Glad uh, Glad Books uh, Bookstore is uh, is very much a community spot. In addition to being a bookstore, they uh, they are bringing producers on to uh, to really highlight the artists and the and the performers uh, in town and around Canada. Uh, and and the Cyber Sets is an example of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's uh, tonight. Um, I also have uh, on Wednesday night my new favorite artist. It's again, and it's an Instagram live that's happening. Okay. Uh, a a friend of mine said I have a lot of very talented friends from the various cities that I've lived in. I want to bring them together for one night. He's currently in LA. That's uh, Oliver uh, Georgiou, mm-hmm. and uh, so he has some somebody from LA coming in. He has me from Toronto. He has people from uh, really around North America. That's uh, so it's it's nice to be part of that one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Friday, I'm doing a show called Comedy Fundraiser. That's uh, Dan Rosen is doing oh, that yeah. show. Yeah, I yeah. love Dan Rosen. He's uh, so great. <laughs> he is so great. He's really yeah, good at putting I, together like good shows that are like help support like communities too. And I, I really yeah. appreciate him even doing like the one that's coming up on on this Friday. Because yeah. like, it, isn't it just like all black uh, all black comedians that are going to be it, on it? Yeah, in this case, it yeah. is. Yeah, but I've uh, I've had the opportunity to watch uh, almost every one of the fundraisers he's put on, and uh, always gets a good audience. And mm. and he is very heartfelt, and he is a great supporter of his peers. Yeah. Uh, but as well as these places that need the the assistance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you got a lot, you got a busy week ahead of you. Which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I, my heart. I started the Nooner Crooner uh, partially because I love musical improv. I've already said that mm-hmm. many times. I'll say it until I'm dead. It's okay. But yeah. Just uh, keep but it also this entire podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's also uh, for me. It was a great anchor point. Like mm. there, because I am not working right now. It became a way for me to remember what day of the week it was. Yeah. Uh, I I got to a point where every day was Sunday. You know, and, and so it's like, do I have to do laundry for work tomorrow? I don't have work tomorrow. Do I have clothes? I don't know. Do I need clothes? Uh, so, so Monday <laughs> was I Monday. I guess, yeah, and and most days you probably don't, but yeah. uh, but at least for my show, I try to I try to honor that it's on Facebook Live. Yeah, right. And, at least uh, look a little bit presentable. Is that yeah, people yeah, see yeah. That you put it, in it's, effort. It it is a music show. It's not a burlesque show. Yeah. <laughs> have you done any burlesque shows? Uh, no. no. <laughs> have you thought about it? You know, it, it actually, I have a few friends who run burlesque shows, and, mm-hmm. and I've reached out to them recently to say, put me in. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to be part of it. I, I appreciate that community, but, uh, yeah, I just have not yet. You know, the COVID hit, and that made it very hard to want to connect with those shows. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah so what were you doing, like, full-time? Like, were you able to do, like, support yourself off of, off of all of these like full-time gigs that you were doing or were you doing something else like I, a, I had a day job and yeah. that was that was the money maker that was the you know and yeah. and it's typical these days mm-hmm. uh, that was the way that I was able to support my second job which was performing yeah. um, I did take time off from doing that last year and I did a, a I did the fringe circuit and I took out a, a 
a 60, 70 minute show that was personal stories and musical improv yes. and, uh, and, and audience engagement. Like I, I got the audiences to tell stories as part of this. Uh, so that, and that show was called Personal Demon Hunter. This year, uh, this summer, I'm going to be doing the sequel to that show. I have to create it and, uh, and put it up, mm -hmm. but uh, that's going to be part of the Fringe live stream. Uh, initiative that's out there because all, most of the fringe circuit has closed down. Yeah, uh, totally makes sense. Uh, this group of volunteers said we still want to see your work out there, so it's going to be uh, streamed through Facebook Live and, and also their website. Uh, so I'm looking forward to doing that one again, and mm -hmm. that is the dream for me: is to be able to full time be either on the road or doing these kind of digital performances yeah. uh, and getting paid. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, like, you can definitely do it. Um, that's, the, that's the cool thing about, like, this whole situation that's gone on. It's, be, it's just making people learn how to do this whole digital world and kind of, like, create performances through, like, digitally rather than live. Because, like, chances are we won't have, like, the same kind of live performances yeah. at least for a while, like, until the vaccine comes out. Because yeah. no one, nobody's going to, like, want to be around each other, like, even close. The, the difficulty for most performers, and I'm very much included in this, is there is no star system in Canada to therefore get some kind of name recognition across the whole country mm -hmm. so that people are willing to buy in. Yeah. And, uh, and the system as it was, uh, there were a lot of shows where the show is free, you're coming to drink, or the... the performers only got paid if the bar made a certain amount mm -hmm. or the performers got paid from the bar in terms of a, a drink ticket. Yeah. So the, we need to change how that economy works uh, for more people to be able to do this and still get the tickets in. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for like when you're practicing uh, for your shows? Like that? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so in terms of the music, what I do, mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, I, I try to go back to the singing classes that I've taken where you're warming up your voice. Mm -hmm. That's the most, because, because I have this voice mm -hmm. uh, and I don't want to, uh, to wear it out after an hour uh, and having multiple shows, I don't want to go into the next show without a voice. So I need to, you know, do my breathing exercises and just be centered in my, like all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. which is just it, it just works this is my my tools so i need to take care of it i need to gre grease it up yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in terms of uh of content you know there there are some bad brain days so mm -hmm. those are the ones where i have to work a little bit harder to get through my stuff so that i can get to your stuff yeah uh so so sometimes it's that sometimes it's watching netflix That's and it. just <laughs> <laughs> and just turning turning this off yeah. you know and and not, give yourself not, a break yeah yeah like it, it is so important to take care of yourself in that way mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, to shows where i've done stand-up i will run through my sets i'll uh, you know sometimes i'll record it i'll record it so i can see my mannerisms especially because we are we're basically seated in one spot uh, you know, some of us stand up and do our set, but still the visual presentation helps to sell the material, right? Yeah. So I want to make sure that what I'm saying and how I'm saying it work in tandem. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll do that kind of work. 
but it, it also depends on how comfortable I am with the material. If I'm doing stuff I've done before, or if I'm doing a, a musical genre I've done before, I'm not I'm not spending so much time going like, how do I make this? I I know how it works. Yeah, I know this stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what has been like the biggest show that you've done so far? Uh, there have been a couple. I'll, so I'll go back in time with the Dandies. We uh, we took our show to Winnipeg for their for their uh, fan expo. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, they don't call it fan expo, but it's a fan expo. Yeah, like and, a uh, or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. We uh, we opened up for William Shatner. Oh my God! No so, way. So there's a, there's that name thing. Haha. You know, I, I've done that plug. Mm -hmm. But uh, but more so. While we were on the ticket, while we were billed, the people in the room had no idea who we were. We're from Toronto, so why do they care? Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, with it, and it, so it was this packed room of about 500 people, wow. and within the first minute, I got them. That's I just, amazing. I just like I had them in the palm of my hand, and so they spent this whole they spent this 40 minutes with us. Going from you know the arms crossed and the we just want Bill Shatner what do you like, get off the stage yeah. uh, to like why are you leaving kind of energy uh, and and at the end of that uh, of our set we, we were kind of stalling because he was supposed to come in and you know take the stage and I out of respect or whatever it was he just wasn't appearing at the back of the room or anywhere and finally we got cued that he was there so we did a finale song to call him to the stage oh my god and we got the audience to sing along with us that's amazing oh my god and uh, so in tandem we're like you know we wish he was here is was kind of the the tagline we had and he came down the aisle and then onto the stage to this uh, so that was that was the biggest show, I guess I would say, in terms of audience numbers. Mm -hmm. um, it, good times. Yeah. Did he end up uh, talking to you afterwards? Uh, he shook my hand very begrudgingly. Uh, <laughs> like we were we were so many levels beneath him, right? Yeah. But, uh, uh, and, uh, and we got off the stage. Uh, the rest of the troop, like we were trying to shake his hand or whatever, and he was having literally none of it. Like I already got that energy as he was approaching. I'm like, no, no, you are shaking my hand. Yeah. Uh, I played like, oh God, I've dealt with this so many times. Like I, I just gotta yeah. stop. <laughs> Uh, for me, it was a. I play the captain in our show, so I'm like, you're going to show this captain some respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So many, so many great stories. I feel like that would have already been like your it's bananas kind of moment. Or do you have something else that's like that would be crazy, like something that's been in your life that's either in like your your comedy life or in just like your life in general, something that's like really bad also or really bananas. good yeah like anything that's made you look back and said this that's bananas uh, uh so that absolutely was a banana story i'll share yeah. another one okay. uh years ago i was working on the ontario place uh children's stage mm -hmm. and we were doing uh dudley the dragon was the show that was popular at that time and we were doing a, a live lip sync of that and uh, and two things happened that day. First was this is the middle at the end of July, and a hailstorm hit mm -hmm. while we were performing. So about half of the audience fled, of course, because it wasn't a sheltered stage, uh, and the rest stayed on while hailstorms are hitting us, hitting the audience. And then the second thing that happened was this couple came up to me after the show, mm -hmm. and uh, they were from Pennsylvania. 
And they said, do you happen to know Beverly Glenn Copeland? And I said, I do. Why? So, so I'm going to preface this by saying one thing that happens a lot with black people is that uh, there's this assumption that you all know each other. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so for them to have uh, asked me specifically if I know Beverly Glenn Copeland was like, you know, this is one of those weird cases where I actually do know this person you're yeah. talking to. And, uh, and it turns out that they were like second or third cousins. Wow. And Beverly Glenn Copeland is my father and my mentor and uh, and had taken me in when I needed them and mm. uh, and the universe provided for me. So it was very nice to have this like this small world connection with people and uh, and all of and that happened after the hailstorm had finished. So it's like the the sky's clear and this personal connection gets made. That's crazy. Um, it's like how, how small of a world it can be like somebody that you know just happens to know other people and like the the connection it's just like wow that's that's fantastic yeah i uh i i've had the opportunity to travel a little bit around the world and i always appreciate those small world connections for Mm -hmm. me that matters almost more than any of the sites that i might be seeing is doesn't matter where you are we're all people going through stuff and enjoying yeah. what we can and if you if you, not everybody can do this but if you can take that moment to reach out to somebody who's a stranger you realize that they really aren't as strange as everybody yeah. wants you to believe it's funny because like just growing up and your parents are always like don't talk to strangers don't talk to strangers and everybody yeah. now is like you know what strangers aren't as bad as some people that you really get to know and you're like I don't yeah. like this person I'd rather talk to somebody who has a chance of being a good decent person yeah i uh, i was watching uh, uh, you know everybody's doing learning and i i was watching the the uh, white fragility author was you know has an hour-long uh, youtube video up and one of the things that she was saying is that people who live on farms or other rural areas are more likely to be negatively influenced and believe that black people are the problem and other racist beliefs mm-hmm. and that's because they don't have a large enough uh, exposure to other people in the world they only have that one person or two people who believe negatively this one way mm. and uh, and that really you know that's unfortunately uh, true so i absolutely agree that and it's why i like the internet yeah. the idea that like you and i haven't met in person mm-hmm. But we're on the same page. Yeah. And it's more likely as you reach out to more people around the world, you're going to be on the same page. You just don't know it yet. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, like, I, I've never been like this. Like, it was only until I moved to Toronto that I started becoming more accepting to, like, different views. Because I grew up in Whippy, or Whitey, as a lot of people right. used to say, because there was yep. barely any any kind of, like, diversity in it. Yeah. Like even the school I went to, there was maybe like five black kids and like three Asian people and that was it. Yes. So, but like eventually I went to, I went to college in Niagara and then I moved to Toronto to start doing like acting and uh, building up my career from then. But just like living in the city, it's just like, uh, that got me so used to being around so many different diversities and meeting like so many interesting people. I'm like, wow, these, it's just normal people just like, just like me, just having like the same kind of issues, but it doesn't matter like what kind of skin color they are. Everybody has the same kind of problems. Yeah. I, uh, as I traveled, I started to compare places to Toronto. Yeah. And there was a little bit of shell shock of how undiverse, yeah. how, how monochromatic right. some of these places uh, are. And, and 
there's different kinds of racism and there's different mm-hmm. levels of ignorance with it. And in some cases, it the things that I've experienced have not been malicious in any way. Mm-hmm. They just, they and they're trying to be as polite as possible. It still comes across to me a certain way, mm-hmm. but that's, it, you know, and it's not that intentions matter, but at the same time, you, ha- you do have to take into some context of where you are in that moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always been, I've, I've always felt like the other anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm a little bit uh, thicker skinned around. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There have been times where I forget <laughs> that I'm the only one here until I say something and they go, all right, I, yep, yep. Yep, definitely yep, pointed that elephant out in the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's really crazy, though. It's just like everything that's been going on, especially now, like with this whole Black Lives Matter movement going on, like it's it's great that everybody's doing it. Like I'm 100% supportive of it. It's just crazy how it happened now during a pandemic versus why did like why did people kind of like start this this whole movement now rather than like earlier on when something like this wasn't happening? Well, uh, so it's obvious. Yeah. It's uh, because this isn't new for black people. It's mm-hmm. not Black Lives Matter didn't just spring up today. It's yeah, that yeah, exactly. more and more more and more white people are unemployed yeah. or at least sequestered in a way that they have more time to be thoughtful and uh, and to be able to share their mm-hmm. share their energy with it. It, it really is like that critical mass that critical mass was required. Yeah, like in actually making a change rather than just like waiting on the politicians to like put that in through like like the whole system and everything to eventually like down the line eventually make a change yeah i mean this this system is geared toward white people so Mm uh so most white people have not really felt an impact uh literally you could except for the you know in terms of social media being oh that's horrible Mm -hmm. share uh there's no real deep impact for them and that is starting to change uh you know and and part of it too is uh, they treat, they have treated so many of these incidents as exceptions mm-hmm. and not seen that this has been a system of oppression that's been occurring. Yeah. And, and I'm not the expert on any of this. I've been yeah, doing exactly. my reading. I've been, you know, following up on it too. Mm-hmm. But, but it's also just true. It, it's that everything has been framed in such a way to support the police narrative as opposed to the people narrative. Yeah, exactly. And you got to think of it as like, it's like a like a, almost like a business like we pay for the police so technically we are customers of them and isn't the customer always right so i mean like even in toronto that one incident where the uh where the one i can't remember her name but she she got like pushed off the balcony or by the police yeah i would ask that you not put air quotes though it's, yeah i'm sorry but like um um but the fact that we don't even like toronto police don't even have uh have uh webcam or like uh, cams on their on their yeah. uh, jackets or anything like that so we can't even we don't even know what happened all we have is like their their opinion because they were they were the only ones there so is, the other side of that is yeah. uh, i mean people people have been asking for uh the body cams as a way to prove that this is happening or not happening yeah exactly and the body cams are uh they're not infallible mm-hmm. uh, especially when they get turned off and when they you know it what we have seen with social media, especially recently, mm-hmm. is that it doesn't matter if there's video evidence of it or not. Yeah, they definitely. are doing it. Uh, it and, and the other aspect of that is 
Our society has been built on watching and entertained by block trauma from from either being you know verbally abused all the way up to being lynched. Mm-hmm. We, as a society, we're used to consuming that. So yeah. the call for the body cams is, in some ways, uh, unless I see unless I see the trauma myself, I don't believe it. Yeah. And that that hasn't been enough to actually get people to move the dial from watching and being entertained by it to actively trying to stop it. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, there is a reason why you might want a body cam, but the reality is we need to change the people inside, inside the body the ca- cam system, yeah. armor. Uh, we need to change who they get to have access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are, we've loaded so many different kind of jobs onto the police that they're there in any social worker mental health capacity is is just using the wrong tool from your toolkit. Mm-hmm. But our budgets have been we everybody has bought into the idea that the police are you know of the three pillars of help yeah. police is the first responders it's like oh yeah. why yeah. why uh so so in regis's case uh whether they shoved her off mm-hmm. whether she fled from them it, it's that they were there yeah. is the problem mm-hmm. they shouldn't have been there on that call yeah that they were not able they didn't have the tools to de-escalate mm-hmm so they shouldn't have been there. Yeah. So regardless of how she ended up defying gravity mm-hmm. and being killed from it, yeah. It, it's the problem is at the source the police being involved. Yeah. Um and that's why I say don't use the air quotes because yeah, it doesn't matter whether their hands ever touched her or not. Mhm. Yeah, and and I know this is uh, this is a uh, a comedy podcast. Yeah, yeah, right. More, it's more than like, this, you know, serious. But it, topic. it's good. It's good to talk about. I want to talk about these kind of issues just because it's it's yeah. very prevalent right now, and like that's why I wanted more black comedians to come on because I'm like this is a time where like people should be talking about this, and like I wanted to also get your opinion on like what do you feel about people staying silent about this kind of stuff? Like maybe they just don't have the right thing to say. They're not sure of like how to actually support uh, like the black community. Like, what do you, what do you think, like, what do you think is the best thing to say to that kind of, like, those kind of people that are, like, maybe they're just, like, too shy or, like, they just don't want to have that kind of, like, backlash, too. There's also that. Uh, so, uh, the the quote that I've heard is that, you know, uh, people who are just starting to get into the activism, white people getting into the activism now mm-hmm. are, like, are already starting to feel the fatigue Right. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is hard. There's so much to learn. There's so much to do. There's so this is so uh, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I get it. But then you look at black people who have been going through this for generations, mm-hmm. for 400 years. Yeah. This has been true. Uh, truth. And there's been that intergenerational trauma and everything. So. So my response to people, I've had a few people send me private messages and they're like, you know, what can I do? Or, or you know, and they're trying, I, I understand, they're trying mm-hmm. to reach out. And in many ways, I've been a safe harbor. But yeah. uh, my response has been, stop worrying about a perfectly curated response. Just start speaking up. Mm-hmm. Because that, I think you hit on it, that uh, a lot of that shyness and trepidation is coming out of self-protection. Yeah. And the reality is we know we've seen this in this latest uh, generation of protests that when you put the white people in front, the cops are less likely or, or less 
they're still attacking, but they're not being as violent as when you have the black bodies in front. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you need to get over yourself and yeah. speak up. And and the other uh, thing that I say to them is, uh, you are going to make mistakes. We make mistakes. We're human. Yeah. Stop nope. worrying about your mistakes. Use those mistakes as uh, as a means to further the conversation. Yeah, and, exactly. And absolutely, like we, we have been raised, all of us have been raised in this system of oppression. Mm -hmm. So we, there are going to be times when we say things that align with that system as opposed to what's right or mm -hmm. what's you know, true or what's good. Yeah. So there are going to be times when we will have to walk back what we said and reframe it uh, in an in a new way mm -hmm. uh, and it's not perfect yeah that's better than silence uh, being silent on the uh, so I'm also going to say this yeah we're all not all working at a full capacity we're in the middle of a pandemic we're in mm -hmm. the, there there are a lot of you know there's so many people who are unemployed there are a lot of factors uh and individually we have so many things that we're each working through uh so it makes sense that we're not all able to raise our voice at the same time mm -hmm. but when it comes to activism one thing they say to avoid burnout is stop trying to be all things to all people a hundred percent of the time yeah take care of yourself step back a moment and know that the people beside you are going to carry it a little bit further forward mm -hmm. and also recognize your strengths if you know that you, if you know your way around an excel spreadsheet yeah look at you know go into budgets and go in like look at those and and dismantle it from that perspective stop trying to be the person who does musical improv to an alphabet <laughs> scene like leave yeah. that for the people who can do that yeah, exactly. in their sleep right <laughs> That's okay, mm -hmm. right? Uh, if you're the person who is a good listener, yeah, be receptive to being open to hearing the people who need that. Mm -hmm. um, so raising your voice isn't the only way that you cannot be silent. Mm -hmm. You can be part of the organization. You can be part of the comfort. You could be part of a new infrastructure, right? If you yeah. have the ability to get out there and get groceries for people or get whatever they need so that they can move things forward, great. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, in whatever way that you are not silent, being silent right now, my reaction to people who are uh, who are observing silence yeah. uh, is that you are supporting the oppressive system. Yeah, just kind of like mindly, like okay, whatever. Like I'm gonna wait and to see what happens. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then whatever. It doesn't change my opinion about it, and they're not well, really like looking into it at all. They're benefiting from the system, yeah. uh, you know, and and all systems are going to protect themselves. That's that's how systems work. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, those people who are benefiting, who have the most to lose from from that, either whether it's clout or money or whatever, whatever the power source that they're getting from it, for them to challenge that is against their self interest. Mm -hmm. And what I am learning, uh, what I'm having to be reminded of, is that. I have put a lot of energy into people who uh, don't truly support me, mm -hmm. and so, uh, so for me, it's a good wake-up call of you know, I, I keep good company, right? And, yeah, exactly. And, and and as I said, it's not that I expect everybody to twenty four seven be on social media mm -hmm. because you can get burned out from that too. Yeah, exactly. But I but if you don't have my back in some way, then all you're going to see is my back because I'm moving on. Yeah. Exactly. And like, we're trying to move forward. We're trying to make, make it peaceful between like everybody. And that's, that's really good to see that so many people, especially here in Canada, 
Like, it's amazing to see everybody protesting. Like, ever since uh, all the incidents have been happening, it's really amazing seeing, like, everybody coming together and peacefully protesting um, all around Canada. So I'm going to correct you. Okay. So the protesters have been peaceful since day one. Mm -hmm. There are people who are looting, and most of them are not the protesters. Yeah. The people who have been inflicting the violence have been the police, Mm -hmm. have been the military arm of the government. Mm -hmm. So there's never, it's not been the protesters who are violent. We have been, and and really the idea of being peaceful, we're not fighting for peace. We're fighting for change. Yeah. Right, peace. Peace may be the outcome, but the reality is, we as a we as a, a world, we have never been peaceful. Mm-hmm. So, in in some ways, that's a false goal. Yeah. Uh, and also, peace is going to be different for for different people. Uh, we're not looking for the same levels of comfort that yeah. people have fallen into and allowed for this kind of injustice. Not this kind of this injustice mm-hmm. to uh, to occur. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's just uh, it's a long it's a long process, but I hope that we we really do come out on a good side after all of this. Like I really want yeah. everything to come out on like the good end of all of this. And um, but we'll see we'll see what happens. Okay. I've been uh, listening to a, a new uh, new podcast, uh, Sarah and Nora, and mm. they talk. Uh, one of their podcasts is about hope and joy, yeah. and I absolutely agree that you. You cannot have productive activism without that hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope is a new term for me uh, yeah. because I have been the other in the society and so many doors and avenues have been closed to me because of how I look or how outspoken I am mm-hmm. or, or whatever the biases are on that side. I have not been given the same opportunities. Yeah. So it's been difficult for me to hold on to hope about this system mm-hmm. except for recently in seeing the finally this critical mass of change uh, of opinion and people who used to be quiet about the oppressions that they witnessed are starting to speak up yeah. so I am starting to internalize some of that hope and joy is also important and that's the other reason why I wanted to correct you about the peaceful protests is mm-hmm. the number of if you go onto Twitter the yeah. number of, uh, of dancing protest videos that I've seen have been great yeah. and the and the videos that I've seen where it's been violent have not been the protesters mm-hmm. so yeah yeah I haven't seen any where the pro like I've actually just even before this podcast started I was watching some videos where where the cops were in like instigating the entire like like riots and stuff like I actually saw the yeah. cop like put like end up pushing some of the, the protesters like yeah. what are you doing like you're on camera and everybody can see you doing this so somebody, I just saw a point about that today where somebody was saying they know that they are being videoed. Yeah. When you say, why aren't you on your best behavior? This is their best behavior. Exactly. So, so yeah, so the joy is also important. And, and I think those tying those two together and keeping that spirit, and, and I think that helps to frame why we have these conversations is mm-hmm. we both have that end goal or all the people involved have that end goal of maintaining hope and joy. So when somebody is feeling a little bit tender about this new information that they're receiving or having to like change their old way of thinking mm-hmm. is remember this end goal like, we're not do. I'm not bringing this up to punish you. Yeah, 
I'm not trying to bring you down to my level of being oppressed. No, thank you. Like... Uh, yeah, I, I am very much trying to bring you into this sphere uh, so that we all together can dismantle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, like earlier, it's just like the best way. It's just you're you're just learning to kind of like not to like completely change your views, but to be informative because everybody's going to have different views from like five years ago, from ten years ago. But the more you're informed about it, it's just like you're going to understand like from different people's perspective. Absolutely, and like, I can tell from me. Like I, I like talking to you. Like I already learned a lot just just talking to you from just this one podcast, and it's great because it's helping me like die, like change my perspective on like what I'm also seeing and hearing from like everything there's so many different sources that are coming in and I just want to like be clear about like what what like the whole end goal is and like being on the right supportive side hmm. um so past me yeah would say shame on you why did it take this conversation for you yeah. to you know uh and and future me is still cautious mm-hmm. if you're if if you're only looking at being on the good side, yeah. my concern is how performative is that? Mm-hmm. If you, if it's only about looking good, yeah, you know, uh, and I say that for myself too. Like mm-hmm. uh, the number of people who have been coming to me recently as I speak out, it's been great. I've, yeah. I've been very thankful for those conversations. But at the same time, I have been the same person all of this time. Exactly. I have never. I, I didn't wake up black. Yeah. Well, I did when I was first <laughs> born. Right. Yeah. But. But this isn't a new, it's not a new thing. Mm -hmm. So something in them has changed. That's great. I don't want them to put me on a pedestal. I don't want any of my engagement to be performative. Mm -hmm. This is intrinsically, you know, who I am. And I'm trying to act, I'm trying to act with that, with that same honor and, Mm -hmm. and uh, perspective. Yeah. Uh, So I'm hoping. Yeah. My hope is that other people are also doing the same thing, Mm -hmm. that when they walk away from hearing this conversation or reading whatever new piece of information they have, that it's it's starting to get inside. And so when they engage with somebody who is who was a stranger, who is now new to them, that they have some of that mindfulness with them. Mm as opposed to only looking at it from their perspective of maybe how they have been inconvenienced by this or or what what they've had to give up in order to achieve this new perspective. Mm-hmm. What was that one quote like don't judge a book by its cover but by um the, like their character like their personality? Uh, don't judge a book by its cover but by how heavy it hits you. Uh yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was by, I think it was said by one of the presidents, but it's just like, don't judge it based off of like, like pretty much like what they look like, but just like who they are as a person. And that like really, really does show because like people will show you who they really are within like a couple minutes of just talking to them. And sure. most like, I feel like a lot of people have really good, good really good conversations just within a couple of minutes of, of talking and like you can really yeah. find out about somebody. Yeah, I think, I think taking actively listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I don't remember that quote, but mm-hmm. I, at the same time, it immediately makes me think of the people who say, "I don't see color." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know what? I do. Yeah, I do. I have to. Mm-hmm. It is a part of my world, and uh, and it matters. Mm-hmm. I am not looking for the human race to all be one color. Yeah, I'm not looking for one culture to be the only one that exists. Yeah. So. I want you to take in all of me, mm-hmm. not just not just the palatable parts, yes. not the part that I do music improv and not the part that whatever, right? Mm-hmm. 
I, I do want you to judge the book by the cover too. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, all of the people who do, I, I have a few friends who are illustrators, yeah. and they would very much be upset if you didn't take, uh, if you didn't judge the book by the cover. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Are there any like resources that you can point out to people that they can uh, that they can check out? Yes. Okay. Google.ca. <laughs> no, seriously, like. Well, like uh, are there resources? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I could give you some. I could give you places to start. I don't want to. That's okay. not my job. Yeah. Right? And and go on to, you know what, go on to my page, go on to my profile or whatever if you want. Okay. But literally Google. Start doing the work yourself. Yeah. Uh, because And it's kind of like in school, right? A teacher can wrote give you all this information over and over and and, and you get it mm-hmm. but you won't you won't necessarily get it yeah uh, by seeking it out we already know the people who are engaged with the learning that they're doing are more likely to retain it and be changed by it yeah. than the people who have it thrust on them mm-hmm. so it's a little bit facetious it's a little bit of the i'm not doing i i do that labor already yeah i i'm not going to do it anymore yeah just like do your part kind of thing like yeah Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, uh, Google white fragility, and when you get over your initial reaction of the I'm not fragile, you are, uh, <laughs> start from there and go yeah. from there. And yes, there are going to be bad resources that mm-hmm. exist because we're not perfect. Yeah. But just like I was saying earlier about the rural setting where you have one or two resources that are that bad, uh, the bad actors, mm-hmm. uh, when you broaden, if when you don't depend on just one source, you are more likely to uh, get a, a fuller sense of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's really great to hear. Um, so uh, what are you doing then to, let's just bring this back onto a more positive note. What are you doing to keep Oh, no, no. Positive? This was very positive yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, having this conversation, having an open dialogue about yeah. it, very positive. Okay. So now what's your question? What are you doing to stay really positive then during this whole pandemic? Well, say during the pandemic because everybody's being inside. Yeah. A lot of people feel depressed uh, just because they're not doing anything. They're not like kind of, they don't have like that physical contact with people as much as before. Yeah. So what's something that, that's been helping you? <sighs> Uh, I am one of those people who is very group lonely. One mm-hmm. of the reasons why I was doing so many shows was I miss being around a, a, a group of people, yeah. whether I know them or not. Like I am hungry for that. I'm looking forward to that again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, pandemic or whatever, what I am doing for myself primarily is I'm sitting in my feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm allowing myself to feel them. I have been depressed. I have sat on my couch for weeks playing the same game over again whether I've enjoyed it or not but it was something it was something tangible to this world Uh, I have uh, so I've sat in that depression I've sat in the anger I've sat in the sadness I've let myself cry on the couch or wherever I'm standing I've given myself those moments Mm -hmm. to just breathe and feel it because in my past life I didn't give myself the time yeah I was too busy going from work to show to you know to being with my partner to like I, I was too busy uh being busy yeah and uh, so you didn't have that like time of just like yeah just breathe just breathe because uh, that's all you need 
So, so as a as an act of radical kindness mm-hmm. or radical love, I am learning how to be kind to myself in the way that I've been kind to others. Uh, breathing, allowing yeah. my feelings to be what they are. Uh, I'm playing video games. Yeah. I am. I since I was a kid, I was playing video games, and I love video games, and I, get, I just get very immersed into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, not about getting every. Uh, okay, so I am going for every notification or whatever every. Uh, uh, reward like, that yeah, achievements, achievements. achievement yeah, yeah. I, every achievement I'm going for all of those things yeah. too but I'm also and all of the games I play are long play games like right I've just put in Assassin's Creed because nice. uh, fuck the police and uh, <laughs> uh, you know like I, I, I'm playing that but Diablo and all of those kind of games oh, nice. where they it's like you can play for hours yeah. and only have got one percent so I'm do, I'm doing the video games mm-hmm. uh, I started Nooner Crooner as a way to actively express joy, mm-hmm. uh, and it really does. It gives me this peace of mind. It is I'm very wholesome in my uh, in my uh, humor, so yeah. it gives me that chance to share that with people and give them an hour away from everything happening in the world. Uh, I jump onto these Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have fatigue about it, usually because it's work related. Yeah. For me, it's not. It it is a hey, here is a person who is not me yeah. uh, that I can see for whatever that period of forty minutes if if it's a free call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 it's not always about jumping onto a show. Mm-hmm. But I'm also jumping onto these shows. Yeah. So, uh, the act of creating is a joy point for me. Uh, and then I turn it off and I get a little bit depressed again because now yeah. I don't have those spaces. Yeah. I almost I almost need like a, just a giant TV to, that is always Zoom yeah. so that, I, I, you know, and I'll be muted, of course, but so that I can always see strangers again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they call that TV. I, yeah, I don't right. remember. Uh, <laughs> but it's so, better being more natural, being more raw, because then it's yeah. just like you don't have something scripted all the time. That's yeah. where you come in. <laughs> I, I've jumped in. I, I've I've jumped into those cyber dances and the cyber karaoke, and yeah. you know, and it, it's really helped me. That's for me, uh, mm. and also just allowing as much as uh, being in my feelings, also allowing myself to go through some of those introspective thoughts that I've had that have been the scripts from society. Mm-hmm. You know, society wants you to be this way, or your parents want you to be this way, or like those kind of scripts, and. Mm. and I'm old now. Like yeah. I, I don't. There are so many of them that I never need again. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially now that we're inside. I don't have to look both ways to cross the street because <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just. I'm going up my own stairs, right? Just look away both so, ways, just in case. <laughs> just in case, I still do. Yeah, I still do. Right. right. Uh, you look, you I, look both I, but, ways on, a, on when you're crossing a one-way street, just in case, because you just, never know. <laughs> well, especially with bicyclists. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I still, I bump into furniture and I say, "Sorry, I'm one yeah. of those people. I don't need to." Yeah. I don't need to be sorry about everything. Mm. So that's the uh, that's the long answer. Those are some of the things that I, I have been allowing myself. Uh, also, now that the weather is getting nicer, yeah. I am going out somewhere alone mm-hmm. and soaking up the sun. Yeah, like yeah. I miss being out in the sun, I, and it's going to be difficult. Uh, I don't go to any of the hot spots. Yeah. Uh, I'm not interested in being in a in a giant circle drinking white claw. Yeah. But go I like do Trinity miss. Bellwoods. <laughs> like yeah. Whole yeah. circle jerk over there. It's crazy. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I'm very not impressed. I yeah. I'm thankful that none of my friends have posted that they were part of it, even yeah. if they were. Yeah. It was it was crazy. Even the um oh my video stopped again. Even the people that were um like pissing and shitting on sides of people's buildings. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, how how do you just get to that kind of level where you're like, 
just walk back home and do it. Like, come on. I, well, I, so in the old days when we had a uh, a dance club uh, area, yeah, uh, that was happening. That was mm-hmm. happening around there. I, just, I kind of feel like this generation of of, uh, of youth have uh, have really missed out on that cycle, so they're trying to recreate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think every generation has probably had those kind of um, um, selfish acts mm-hmm. occur. Yeah. Um, and, and now with social media, we're just becoming more and more aware uh, how prevalent it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true because just like a hundred years ago, there was no social media. So just imagine, like even during that that pandemic a hundred years ago, yeah, just imagine tr- people trying to like survive that without any of the stuff that they have now. Jesus, yeah. you have to like read a book just to keep yourself entertained. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think that's all the questions that I have for you. Unless you have anything else that you wanna that you wanna bring up. Uh, be good to each other. Be kind to each other. Be kind yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's that. And also, uh, oh, very importantly, okay. support performers. Yeah. Support the people who are trying to bring you entertainment, whether it's funny, whether it's serious. Like, just support people who are doing the work of expressing mm-hmm. and uh, and putting emotion to words or to motion uh, or to, to a visual of some sort. Support performers uh, in whatever way it's possible, whether it's uh, buying them treats, I've had a p- few people do that, thank you. Nice. <laughs> uh, whether it's you know groceries, uh, paying for a show, donating to their causes, mm-hmm. supporting the, the systems that are starting to be put in place to, uh, to work for them, like CASC is a, an organization yes, that is yeah. trying to lobby the government to make stand-up comedy recognized as as an art form Which that is it crazy because it has not yet like it has not yet it, it it is part of why we don't have a star system is that there has not been that i mean while there are grant systems yeah oh you know, like you're taking so, away from process, being an yeah. artist yeah just to beg for money yeah so having having that infrastructure in place would truly help. So there are so many ways that you can support performers. If you don't know a performer, it's kind of like if you don't know a black person, get to know one. Yeah. If you don't know a performer, get to know one. Mm-hmm. Uh, chances are uh, you support the black performers yeah. uh, right here. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so that that's an important message. Absolutely take care of yourself. Yeah. Take care of your neighbors. Awesome. That's, that's really inspiring. I, I love it. I love everything. And definitely you guys can check out can check out velvet wells on all of his shows i'll have all of the uh he sent me all the shows and i'll put them all in the description so that people can check them out um and where can people follow you on on uh, social media sure i'm on instagram and twitter uh as the velvet duke and uh, as all one word because that's how their hashtag systems work mm-hmm. and on uh, Facebook as Velvet Duke yeah and uh, so my Nooner Crooners on Facebook and other things are other places perfect yeah and I'll link all those in the description why did you come up with Duke by the way is that just uh, the stage name that you have just just uh, I am a Duke and uh, <laughs> Uh, it is uh, so. It is uh, a nickname that I was given when I was very young, yeah. uh, lovingly from one of my aunts, and uh, and I just love how it sounds. I've always uh, been a bit too regal for my own good, and yeah. I love purple. So uh, and it sounds good as a name. It, it like, does. You hear it sounds very, it sounds like, very soft. I like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I said when I when I said velvet to myself, I'm like that's that's a really soft sounding name. Like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when people say, is that your name? I'm like, why would I say it's not my name? Yeah, why would I just Do you not hear that? how good it sounds? Like, please. Have you, like, what is Elon Musk's child's name going to be like? Oh, like, everybody's going to be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Well, Velvet, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast and bringing all this knowledge. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jeremy. Awesome. And guys, you can follow me on Instagram at it's Jeremy Fisher. If you guys like the video, don't forget to like and subscribe. I got more com amazing comedians. I'm going to be supporting the black community, having more black comedians come on uh, just to have make their voice come out a lot more and support. I want you guys to like support more, uh, more black comedians during this time because they really, truly do need it. Um, and if you're a comedian, if, uh, please reach out to me and I'll get you on this podcast. Um, preference right now is going to more black comedians. So, uh, get uh, Jeremy to yes. interrupt. I'm sorry, no but uh, get black female comedians yes, on here. Yes. I appreciate the space, but yeah. uh, they have been doing a lot more work uh, for communities and uh, mm -hmm. in general. Yeah, uh, they need uh, Coca Galore would be somebody who I put out there immediately. Yeah. Sarah Sanfleur, uh, um, uh, Tamara Chavon. Yes. There are so many. Okay, perfect. I'll yeah. definitely like reach out to them and see if they'll they'll jump on as well. Awesome, Velvet. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you guys so much. Let's peel out. Mm -hmm.